Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, to continue the review of the Packers 31-23 loss in Detroit on Sunday, we heard from Mike McCarthy on Monday at the podium. And for all the talk about slow starts and this and that, Mike McCarthy's really focused on, at least this is what I took away from his remarks, he's really focused on two things with this team. Handling the football, which includes obviously the turnover ratio, but also drop passes, that kind of thing, and then penalties. These are the things that Mike McCarthy really wants to focus on cleaning up here with his football team to get things back on track. Yeah, and it makes sense too because, I mean, here's another thing too, Mike. We talk so much about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the success the New England Patriots have had. But, I mean, historically, if you look at the Patriots, they're one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. As much as it is about talent and ability and, and scheme and, and all these things, it is, it's funny in that it always goes back to fundamentals. And I know for fans that isn't as you know attractive as talking about, <laughs> oh, how do we dial up more 80-yard pass plays and right. things like that. Yeah, the X's and O's. But, but the realization is the teams that make the fewest mistakes across all, you know, all three phases are the ones that are going to win. And, and you and I discussed it yesterday a little bit in that the Packers just had too many of those, mm -hmm. whether it was on the kickoff return in Montgomery, whether it was you know the taunting penalty on defense, the personal fouls, one of which that ended up leading to the Packers having to, you know, they, they were able to pooch punt it and the Packers brought it out and ended up only getting to the 15-yard line. It's small things like that that affect right. the field position battle. And field position and time of possession, we talk about it over and over again, but ultimately if you want to – be able to turn the tide in a football game, that's how you do it, and the Lions were able to accomplish that Sunday. Yeah, I think a very disconcerting thing about how some of the things unfolded in that game Sunday, and obviously Aaron Rodgers doesn't fumble the ball twice in a game very often. He did not have a good day handling the ball. Mason Crosby obviously had the worst day of his career. But when you look at some of those personal fouls, like you mentioned, Wes, there's either a lack of discipline emotionally or a lack of discipline with technique that leads to those kinds of penalties. And 15 yards is 15 yards. You, if, you, if you take a touchback on a kickoff and you get the ball at the 25-yard line, 15 yards is 25, or excuse me, 20% right. of the 75 yards you need to go for a touchdown. That's just making it way too easy right. on the other team. And the Packers had the, the drive, uh, or the, I should say, sorry, the Lions had the drive where Started out with a pass play, I believe it was to Golden Tate. He gets a first down, 12 or 13 yards, but then a 15-yard face mask penalty is tacked onto it. That's just that's technique discipline because there's no reason to be grabbing a face mask when you're trying to tackle an NFL player. It just it, those are the kinds of things that the Packers have to clean it up because when you talk about self-inflicted wounds, they they were all over the stat sheet in Detroit. Yeah, Mike, and then the other issue is, too, you talk 13 yards and 15 yards, that's 28 yards. That's an explosive play. Right. To put that in comparison for you, I mean, they only had, what was it, four plays over 20 yards total. Packers had six, I believe, in this contest. The Packers actually were able to beat them in a lot of the categories that can determine victory, but... The Lions got them in the artery of of this football game. They got them with the turnovers. They got them with the penalties. They got them with the uh, being able to capitalize on those penalties and capitalize on those turnovers. 
and it's something you have to clean up because I think you go back to that game against Buffalo. What did the Packers do really well? They played all four quarters, and yeah, they made some plays along the way. You have to in order to win a football game, mm-hmm. but they were relatively clean in what they were able to do. You can talk about what you want to do as far as execution, but in terms of there weren't those situations where they were hurting themselves. There's just too many of them, and you and I stood in that stadium, Mike. We heard that crowd. When you have that kind of energy in there, all that does is it just feeds even more into it. So. Yeah. As you and I discussed yesterday, the San Francisco 49ers are going to come in here on Monday night. You have to put that behind you because this is a big game now. You have to learn from what you did. You have to protect the football. You have to be able to minimize those penalties because if you don't do that, then you have a bigger issue going into the bye. Yeah, another thing McCarthy pointed out from a statistical standpoint, and it and it certainly is a reflection of the penalties, especially on special teams and then also the missed field goals, he calculated the Packers were somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 yards behind in field position total in terms of what they lost to the Lions. That's a heck of a lot to have to make up. We talked about it yesterday. When you just look at the average starting field position of each team for their number of drives, you multiply it by the number of drives. That's how you get a statistic like that. And, you know, the only time I can remember the Packers feeling like they had any field position whatsoever was when, uh, Prater missed that long field goal, right. and the Packers took over on the 45-yard line. But the Packers obviously missed multiple field goals, which gave uh, gave the Lions the ball, you know, at plus 30, or you know, on the plus side of the 30-yard line. And the two fumbles by Rodgers were, you know, both in Green Bay territory, so they take over in positive uh, position there. And and it's it just creates such a huge mountain to have to climb. And then you add you add in the fact that you're playing on the road and 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 all of that. It just it feels like we're back to, you know, talking about some of the same issues that were going on with the Washington game, where you're digging yourself a big hole. They kind of did it in a different way, but uh, um, but starting games like this, whatever the reasons are, it, it's it it has to stop, or these uh, these road games are not going to change. Right, and and the other thing is too is that when you pass the ball 52 times, you run the ball 20 times. When you have offensive plays, one of the basic arithmetic of this game is that every single play you're exposing the football to some regard. And for the Detroit Lions, I mean, you look at it, they were able to win the field position battle, which means they don't need to stitch together as long of drives, which means you don't have to expose the football as much. And Mm -hmm. that's where that all comes into play. And I think that's a really good point when you look at 300-some yards, whatever it ended up being. They basically got 17 points given to them in some regard in terms of working with short field position. Right. That's where you're getting the big difference. Yeah. All right. Well, a little bit of sponsor business here, Wes, because I neglected my duty again <laughs> yesterday. But uh, at home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, another thing that definitely deserves to be discussed here that should not be overlooked in terms of what's happening with this Packers offense is the start through five games that receiver Devontae Adams is off to here. Not only is he on pace for significant career highs for himself in terms of receptions and yards, and I know five games is not 16. It's not simple math um, to, uh, to do the projections, and it's a long projection when there are still 11 games to go. But if he does keep up this pace, there is a Packers single-season receptions record that has stood for quite a while, Sterling Sharp 112 
Devontae Adams is actually on pace to break that. Yeah, 118 right now. And, and as you said, it is a long season. But what I think is interesting is he had what a lot of people would consider to be a breakout year in 2016, and he really doubled up on it again before the concussions at the end of uh, 2017. Devontae Adams is just way above both of his starts from both of those seasons. Yeah. 425 receiving yards. I believe it was somewhere around, I think he was 285 last year and 215 the year before that, almost doubling uh, those amount of uh, plays. And, and yeah, you and I talked about it yesterday. I'm sure he wants to have that deep ball back um, in, in that game against the Lions. But really what's what I thought as I watched that game is that Devontae Adams made a lot of tough catches, made yeah, a lot did. of competitive you-gotta-have-them catches where – if he doesn't come up with it, sure, it might have been scored as a drop, but I don't know if anybody would have been sitting there going, ah, you know, he, he should have caught that. I mean, there were yeah. some real difficult ones along the course of that game that, that he was able to come through with. That, that play in the third quarter, the one that stands out to me the most, and I forget exactly the down and distance, but it was fourth and 10 plus, and it was, I believe it was on the opening drive of the third quarter. The Packers are down 24 nothing. They've got to go for it on fourth down. And quite frankly, he wasn't open. Aaron Rodgers put the ball in the only possible right. spot that he yeah. could have, and Devontae Adams made an absolutely tremendous catch. And to be able to make that play on fourth down to move the chains and keep your team alive at that point when you're down 24-0, to zero, otherwise you're turning it over in good field position again for the Lions, I thought it was just a, an incredibly clutch play. And I know Rodgers said, you know, Adams would say he wishes in the fourth quarter he had caught that one down by the goal line, but... I tell you, if you want to, if you want something that's a real treat to watch on film, because I did this for my "What You Might Have Missed" segment, which is on the website for anyone who wants to check it out, and and Larry McCarron did some on video as well. Just watch on some of these catches of Adams, his footwork at the line of scrimmage. He was going against Darius Slay right. pretty much the whole game, and I think Slay might be the best, certainly the most accomplished cornerback. I, I would say one of the top two in the NFC North and maybe in the whole NFC along with Xavier Rhodes from Minnesota. This is a this is a really, really good player. They call him Big Play Slay for a reason. The Lions lean on him a lot and uh and for the number of times that Adams was able to win that battle and get separation with his footwork, it really is something to watch on film. Yeah, and what stands out to me too, Mike, and, and this is not to take anything away from Kenny Galladay, he had a really fine day, but he had four catches for ninety eight yards. Sixty of those came off that one explosive one play, play down yeah. the sideline. Devontae Adams was absolutely surgical in this game. His longest reception was 30 yards, and he averaged 15.6 per catch in this contest. What does that tell you? That tells you that when he was getting the football in his hands, it wasn't just these short out routes and he was getting out of bounds or a stop route for eight yards. He was getting the ball, and he was running after catch. Now, I don't know exactly what the final total ended up being, right. but one of the adjustments the Packers made, and he talked about it after the game, without having Randall Cobb in this game and without having Geronimo Allison, they moved him around a lot. He was working a lot of the slot. He did a lot of the underneath concepts, doing you know being able to work some slants, and he was producing off those slants. And certainly the 30-yard catch, that was a big one at a big point in the game. I think it was third and seven. Packers were not able to convert into points, I believe, but he really was able to keep pushing and powering the offense forward. And I think when you look at the second half specifically, with them being able to get on those drives, a lot of those started with an early catch and run from Devontae Adams. And, he, yeah, he's he's at the peak of his powers. He's 25 years young at this point. He's going to be making a difference in this league for a long time. And I know for him, he probably doesn't want to be thinking about receptions records or things like that, but if everything stays how it should, 
I think you're looking at a guy who not only is going to be looking at that first thousand yard season, but looking at getting that respect that everybody in Green Bay feels like he deserves because mm-hmm. he is one of the top ten receivers in this league now. Yeah, not that not that uh, we had any questions about it, but certainly living up to the new contract that he signed, Absolutely. no uh, no issues there whatsoever. Showing uh, he's a true professional with his arrow still pointing up because you said he's at the peak of his powers and there might be another peak yet. Yeah, for him to reach. 100%. And, you know, I was talking to him. We've mentioned this a few times now with the offseason story that I did with that was in the Packers yearbook. One of the things he said is there's no complacency with him. There's guys yeah. that they get contracts and they want to be on television. They want to be, you know, they want to have their brand out there. They want to sell, you know, cologne. I, I add that in myself. But, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they, they go and want to become their own business. He is all about football. Football is his business. This is a thing that he wants to perfect at. He wants to show that he can be the best at this thing. And I, I've just been really impressed with the start he's gotten off to and how consistent he's been because he has 425 receiving yards. But other than this, it's just been one consistent performance after another. It hasn't had any of those you know, valleys yet, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, all right. Well, another bit of sponsor business here, Wes, because it is time to enter the Cousin Subs Best Seats in the House promotion. You and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50-yard line in style. Two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen prior to each home game for this VIP experience. Enter daily now through December 16 by completing the entry form and submitting for complete rules and eligibility. Go to Packers.com slash Best Seats Cousin Subs. We believe in better. Okay. Before we go here, a couple of other milestone type of items to talk about. Aaron Rodgers passed 40,000 passing yards yeah. on Sunday. And if I read things correctly, in terms of the number of games played in the NFL, he was the fourth fastest to do it. Now, right. if you combine 40,000 yards with 300 touchdowns, he is the fastest. He right. got to 300 touchdowns, I believe it was in 2017. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yep. He got to 300 touchdowns way faster than anybody else. Like, it wasn't even close. Um, But it's interesting now, as we just saw Drew Brees on Monday Night Football break the all-time passing yardage record, and he now sits at number one, Aaron Rodgers, within the next week or two, has a chance to pass guys like Johnny Unitas and Joe Montana on that list. And I know that's not what Aaron Rodgers is thinking about. It's not what the Packers are thinking about. They're thinking about getting a victory, trying to get healthy over the bye and, and get things going here into the meat of the schedule. But if you just step back for a second and you start talking about names like Unitas and Montana and you look at what Drew Brees has done and the yardage that he's put up, um, it's a pretty special time to be watching what these quarterbacks can do in the NFL. Yeah, it is, Mike, because you still got Tom Brady playing at a high level at 41 years young. Uh, certainly Ben Roethlisberger, what he's accomplished in this game, the points that he puts up every single week. And Aaron Rodgers, to me, still is in the league of his own in terms of the total package of the position. We have a guy that can scramble, he can extend plays, he has a bullet for an arm. There's just so many things that he does exceptionally well that I don't think this league has seen before in terms of having them all together as a single attribute. So, yeah, I, I really do appreciate this time, and I'm sure there's going to be the Carson Wentz's and you know Jared Goff's and the next generation that will eventually you know, take that torch and, and really run with it. But this, in a way, the Breeze, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Brady, when Manning was still here, that quarterback club, I think it stood it stood the test of time in, in what they were asked to do. And this is not taking anything away from the Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Brett Favre, Don Marino era, but mm-hmm. 
there's just so many more things that are on the quarterback now today than ever before, and for them to actually play at that level, uh, really impressive. Yeah, it's funny when I think about in watching Drew Brees set the record on Monday Night Football, the Saints now four straight wins after the week one loss. They're four and one. They're certainly looking like the team that's right up there with the Los Angeles Rams in terms of announcing themselves as a, as a, um, a team to beat in the NFC. But in watching, uh, in watching Brees, it's like, I still remember my first newspaper job, Wasa Daily Herald, got off work, was at, a, was, was at a bar on a Saturday night watching Wisconsin against Purdue at Camp Randall Stadium, and that's the game that Drew Brees had 81 pass attempts. Yeah, he set man. the NCAA record for pass <laughs> attempts in one game. And I, and I remember sitting there thinking, what is this guy going to do in the NFL when he gets there? And lo and behold, here we are 20 years later or whatever it is, and, uh, and he's thrown for more yards than anybody in the history of the game. The cradle of quarterbacks, right? I mean, he was <laughs> the, the ultimate baby that came out of that program. Uh, little boiler baby, yeah. Whatever. But uh, no. But that being said, Mike, uh, it is incredible what he's become. And for my money, I, I think you can go with either him or Reggie White. I, I think they're one or two, one A, one B, as far as the greatest free agent signings of all time. When you look at not only what he meant in terms of winning football in Saint in uh, with the Saints and in New Orleans, but what he meant to that community yep. after Hurricane Katrina, them winning that Super Bowl how he's been really the, the focal point. And the other thing is, too, just from a pure football fan aspect, it's great to see him have a resurgence here because there were some years where they were 7-9 and nine and things weren't looking so good. Um, the football league is better when the New Orleans Saints are able to put some points on the board and able to throw the football around. And it's made for some really compelling uh, football here early on. And, and it's going to be fun to see where it goes from here. But the nice thing is, too, Aaron Rodgers at 34 – you know, he certainly is going to have his sights on a lot of those records, too, sometime in the future. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where Breeze and Brady and some of those guys put them. Yeah, and the uh, the officials on Monday Night Football still couldn't help but penalize the Saints for <laughs> excessive celebration after Drew Brees sets the record with a 62-yard touchdown pass, but whatever. It, that's just how it goes, though, right? It is. There had to have it, been it's, something. It's, it could have been probably just a nice fitting. Moment. That's as fitting as it gets for 2018 <laughs> in the NFL. But with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted, and I will turn over the sign-off today to you. Well, thank you, Michael. You're a true pro, and Mike Spofford does this better than anybody, but I, I wanted to mention one quick thing. Uh, we've been doing this now for, what, 326 episodes? 327? Something like that. that, yeah. Um, first one, we're not having our biggest fan watching us, and uh, that's my grandmother, Monica. Uh, Hodkavich, make sure I get the name right. Hodkavich, I always, okay. I always get this. Um, my number one supporter uh, through all these years, and it was actually funny, uh, turned over a box to my dad uh, last month that I was given yesterday uh, that actually had all my clippings from the Press Gazette uh, wow. during my 10 years at the Press Gazette. That's awesome. She passed away, uh, worked all the way up to her, her final day on this planet, Kugel's Cheese Shop, Lena, Wisconsin. Um, and an amazing person. Uh, everything that I have in this world I think for her, and um, she was also Aaron Rodgers' biggest fan too. I got to throw that in. All I right. always got the update on Aaron Rodgers, but a phenomenal woman. We're gonna miss her, uh, but fortunately now she has the best seat uh, for the show going forward. Sounds good. Well, with <laughs> that, we will sign off. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you next time.